Hey everyone, this is Laz Jackson of Detroit Bad Boys, and on this week's podcast, we're talking about the second round and summer league. Uh, ben and I go over the selections the Pistons made in the second round of Thursday's NBA draft uh, after the podcast we recorded, and then we go into what we should expect from the Pistons youth movement in Vegas. As always, we appreciate your continued support of the podcast. The best way to do that is to share, subscribe, and leave comments. Uh, please leave comments on the discussion post on Detroit Bad Boys. That's the best way for us to build the podcast according to what you all are talking about. In order to do that, though, you have to be following DetroitBadBoys.com, which you should be doing because it's the best place on the internet for Pistons news and analysis this offseason. With all that said, it's time to go to work. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Detroit Bad Boys podcast. I am your host, Lazarus Jackson. I am pleased today to be joined by my usual co-host, Ben Gulker. Uh, ben, how are you doing? Doing good, Laz. Excited to talk about the what turned into exciting second round for the Pistons, at least in terms of trades and movement. And uh, I'm hoping to learn a little bit. You've done a little bit of a deep dive on some of these guys, so uh, I, I haven't done as much. So I'm looking to hearing, uh, hearing some knowledge bombs from the second round picks. Yeah, and you know, I, I thought that when we wrapped on uh, on Thursday, it'd be a quiet night, and we were we were totally wrong about that. Uh, as especially after the uh, we caught live the the trade for the four second round picks, and then the Pistons ended up uh, trading most of them. I only got one left, which is kind of sad. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but yeah, let's uh, let's get into it. Uh, so with the with the thirty seventh pick in the two thousand nineteen NBA draft. The Detroit Pistons selected, I hope I'm saying this right, uh, Davidis Servitas uh, from Lithuania. He's 18. And uh, what do you want to know about him, Ben? Uh, how about this? He's 18 years old, so that suggests maybe not quite ready to play in the NBA. What are we talking about in terms of a timeline for this kid? So it sounds like he wants to come over. Uh, it sounded yeah, it was like a report that like he was very very excited to be drafted by any NBA organization and uh, really wanted a, the chance to to prove himself um, at the NBA level. It sounds like they're trying to get him over for summer league. He was one of the names they mentioned um, in the like post game or the press conference uh, after they introduced uh, Seku, but. Um, Honestly, I don't know how much he will will factor into the the Pistons rotation. I presume if he does come over, he'll see a lot of time in in Grand Rapids. Much like uh, much like we didn't get to see the much of Svi last year, and he spent most of his time in Grand Rapids after the trade. I think that's that's what we're looking for for uh, Davidis. Um, he is a similar player to uh, the, the the comp that people wanted to make was a, a taller Luke Kennard, like a six eight Luke Kennard. Um, Big shooting guard, lefty shooter. Uh, he's completely unafraid, which makes him immediately different from Luke Kennard. Yeah, really. Yeah, but uh, uh, likes to get him up, can put the ball in the deck a little bit, and was also a. Uh, he seemed like he understood the concepts of like team de- team defense, which is uh, rare for an eighteen year old. Usually, eighteen year olds are pretty bad at defense. The uh, the the downsides are 
you know, he is, he is 18. He is still developing. Um, he's really skinny right now. I, I, there's no way he could uh, be a, a positive defensive uh, contributor at the NBA level. And and so I think the G League will be able to, to help him iron out some of that stuff. But yeah, I don't, I don't really see uh, how he factors into uh, the rotation this season, unless some, uh, unless a bunch of stuff goes wrong. Yeah. So they had to give up a little bit, right? So the, the trade happened live. We picked up uh, on last podcast, the Pistons acquired some picks. We were kind of excited about that. They had to give up a little bit to get this kid. Uh, you think that was a good risk, a good gamble to take? I, I wouldn't have done it, but uh, I think I value, I value the, um, the second round picks that they, that they got in the future. A little bit more but the that is something that Stefanski has shown he's willing to do he's willing to trade some future second round picks to get a guy he thinks is valuable he did it last year for uh, Kyrie Thomas he did it again uh, this year for for Servetus um, to me it, it seems like an inefficient use of, of resources you see teams like uh, like the Miami Heat like don't have a second round pick until like 2025 because like they continuously uh, trade their second round picks um, for to make selections in the draft, and if those guys don't work out, you know you you've given up the the chance to to throw more darts to to find more guys, you know, and so and so yeah, I would have I would have kept the the two seconds it took to get him, but uh, if he if he works, it may, maybe it was a good move, but yeah, I didn't I don't really think it was a great move. Yeah. So after all the changes to the salary cap and the CBA over the last few years. I'm not 100% sure how the draft and stash stuff works anymore. I don't know how familiar you are with that, but for any of the listeners who are as ignorant as me, um, what and how do the Pistons do if that's what they decide to do with this kid? So if I think if he plays summer league and then they decide to stash him in Europe, uh, he'll he'll be in Europe. They'll own his rights, but he won't count against the the salary cap or anything. He won't be... They'll have his his draft rights, but he won't be under contract with the Detroit Pistons. He'll be under contract with what, uh, whatever team he's playing with in Europe, um, and so uh, he won't count against across the salary cap or anything. And uh, when he whenever he's decides to come over, whenever the team you know asks him to come over, uh, that'll start the clock on like his his rookie season. So, yeah, gotcha. that's a yeah, that's that's a I guess if you if you he sounds like he wants to come over, but it sounds like it might be better for him not to. And so that's, that's a little bit of the, the dilemma with the kid. Yeah. Yeah. That's always been an interesting strategy. Um, you know, I, I'm of the mind that you get the kid into the United States against NBA competition as soon as you can. Um, I think that's the best way to learn the game. Cause it's just so different over here than it is overseas, but time will tell. We'll see shortly. I think. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I think there's a, the level of competition I think is getting, is getting a little bit better in Europe. Like if this were like the early two thousands, I would be like, yeah, absolutely come over because uh, basketball is just the, but the quality of the basketball overseas I think has increased. And I think you can see that with a lot of the international prospects now it's like, you can, you can find like quality NBA prospects in uh, in these European leagues because the, the quality of the play has increased. Yeah, that is certainly the case. I agree with you hundred percent. Next guy, the Pistons selected Jordan Bone. Um, all I know about him is that he's a freak athlete. Um, what more can you tell us about his potential upside, knowing that this is probably a guy who who's a bit of a flyer? But tell us a little bit more about what you know about Bone's game. So the the biggest thing that I liked about Bone was the progress the progress he made from his sophomore to his junior year. 
uh, statistically and like as a member of an effective offense. I, I believe Tennessee was like uh, a top five offense in, in Kempom uh, during his junior year. And obviously, you know, he wasn't the the sole uh, person contributing to that, but he was he was definitely a part of it. Um, he really upped his assist rate or his assists per game, which was, which was good to see because that's one of the main questions I have about him is like his decision-making. Like you said, nuclear athlete, um, one of the best uh, athletes I think they've ever tested at the combine in terms of um, like uh, stop, start and uh, run, jump athleticism. But um, yeah, he's uh, he signed a two-way deal. And so he, like he uh, immediately, I think like replaces Kalen Lucas as like the, uh, tertiary uh, point guard for the Pistons. Uh, I think it'll be good for him to get a lot of development time in Grand Rapids just to see like how far along he is as a, a playmaker. Um, that was one thing I noticed when I was when I was looking up looking him up is that um, he he knows he's, he knows how to get out and transition and run and he makes uh, good decisions in transition. But when he gets into the half court, he kind of settles for a lot of uh, like floaters and mid range jumpers. And he has the athleticism to like really get to his spots and attack guys that way. And he has really good touch. And so it's not a, it's not a like terrible decision to like get to his floater, but there are times when you would like to see him like pull the ball back, like reset, especially in college, like reset the offense um, and and get a better shot that way. And so I think there's, there's a lot of reason to be optimistic. um, If he's just like a, if he ends up just being like a six three version of Ish Smith, who's a better athlete, like that is a very very good NBA player, right? Like that's well worth the fifty seventh pick. Yeah, absolutely, I agree. Um, and you know the thing that you always hear about guys who are freak athletes is that's the only thing you can't teach is that sort of raw athleticism. So when you've got a chance to pick up a guy who's one of the best athletes in his class with the 50 something pick. I mean, I think that's always a smart move. Like there's just, there's no downside now, especially with the two way contracts. There's just no downside to the team picking up this sort of an option. Um, So interestingly, we've talked about all three draft picks and all three of them are projects to some level and some degree. And uh, you know, one of the things I mentioned last time we talked on Thursday was that you know, the, the Pistons didn't really pick anybody to come in and help them win now, you know, barring some really unexpected amount of development over the course of the summer. And philosophically, that's, I mean, that really surprises me. I was expecting to use at least one of these picks to go out and get somebody who they think can fill in some piece of the rotation yet this season. And I think the odds are that that doesn't happen. Um, you think I'm right about that? You think I'm wrong about that? And if if I'm right about it, how does that sit with you now that all the dust has settled from the draft? So I think I think you're definitely right about the second round picks. I don't expect either of the second round picks to contribute anything to the team this year. Maybe, maybe Jordan Bone plays like five or so games across the entirety of the season. Maybe. But uh but yeah. But I think the the response to that that uh, I've seen and that I kind of agree with is that it's it's really difficult to expect any rookie to come in and and be a, a major addition right away. That's that's uh, the domain of like the really highly um, highly polished and highly talented rookies. Um, I think last year spoiled a lot of people because you had a lot of uh, instant impact guys. You had you know you had Trey Young, who's immediately like a quality NBA player. You had like Luka Doncic, who was immediately an, a quality NBA player. 
You had uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. and DeAndre Ayton, same thing. You had uh, Landry Shamet, same thing. You had uh, Miles Bridges, you know, and Mikhail Bridges, same thing. And so, you know, last year I think was an anomaly where a lot of guys were, were ready to contribute right away, and that's not that's not normally the case, right? Like more 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 often than not, you end up with um, you end up with like the uh, the Marquise Chris's and the the Dragon Benders of the world versus like the, the Luka Doncic's. And so um, I think that not yet, yeah, neither of the second round guys is going to factor in. I think Seku, I envision that he, he will play, but that his role will not be like super expansive. Um, I imagine they will try him in the role. They tried Stanley Johnson in last year where he's just coming in off the bench and um, compelled to like defend his butt off, um, hit some open shots but like mainly, mainly the defense, right? That's the thing that they hit uh, on the presser and in the uh, the radio. Whenever the Stefanski has like spoken to the media, that's what he said. He says, "I don't, you know, I don't make decisions. Casey makes decisions on playing time." But um, my guess is, after we saw with what we saw with Bruce Brown last year, that if he defends, he'll play. And so, you know, I think uh, once they, you know, tell him that he's he's got to defend to play, I think he'll do that. Yeah. And shout out to Jordan Bell. And he and I had a brief exchange on Twitter where um, he mentioned he could be convinced pretty easily that um, a front court second round unit of Thon and Seku could be pretty interesting in terms of switching and being very disruptive and leaning to turnovers and transition. So, um, you know, just piggybacking what you said a little bit there, I think that presents some pretty exciting opportunities to have, you know, exciting athletic bigs with wingspans and speed, um, you know, that could potentially become problematic for, for teams if, if Seku really turns into a solid defender right away. Yeah, and that's that's not something we're, we're used to as Pistons fans, right? We're not used to seeing a lot of switchable lineups. because <laughs> Zaza, you know, that's what we've been working with the past year. <laughs> yep. So turning our thoughts to Summer League a little bit, um, you know, Summer League, always a time of excitement mixed with my cynicism because I'm always like, well, until you've done it in the real game, you haven't done it yet. But Pistons are in a little bit of a unique situation in that they actually have several young guys who fans can legitimately be excited about. Um, The two returning second rounders, Bruce Brown and Kyrie Thomas. The new guys, um, obviously Seiko and Svi have something to prove. Uh, maybe we can talk a little bit about expectations for the summer league, um, starting with Bruce Brown. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I think the thing that I will be looking for the most with Bruce Brown is to see if uh, if he's improved offensively. That could be, you know, uh, being better as a spot up shooter, which, you know, teams gave him plenty of opportunities to, to take shots last year and he either turned them down or missed them. Um, if he's improved there, that would be a big help. Uh, if he's improved as a as a finisher around the rim, there were plenty of times last year where uh, he could use his uh, Brown could use his athleticism to get to the rim, but would flub the finish because he, he didn't have quite the technique down or or he was going too fast and he hadn't quite practiced that enough. So I'll be looking to see if uh, if he's got he's gotten any better at that. And then um, if he's improved as a ball handler, uh, he played a a not insignificant amount of point guard uh, last year summer league. Um, but he, he didn't kind of impress as a ball handler. And last year in the in, during the regular season, he wasn't really asked to to do much in the way of ball handling. And so if he's improved uh, in in that area, I think that'll that'll be visible. Um, if he can be like a, a useful offensive player, 
um, I think he can, you know, continue to get the minutes he did last season. Yeah. And I'll add, and this kind of goes across the board. Um, Summer league is kind of by default populated with a bunch of young guys. I'd like to see transition abilities from, from Bruce. He, he seems like his athleticism should put him in a good position to run in transition, but that, you know, that starting unit that he played with a whole lot didn't necessarily focus on that a tremendous amount. Um, might be a little bit of a hidden talent, excuse me, that we can see a little bit of when it's a, a whole bunch of young guys just playing in the summer. Uh, that leads us to Kyrie Thomas. Um, guy we've talked a lot in Laz, a guy you think maybe has a chance to play some second unit point guard. What are you looking for out of Kyrie this summer? Yeah, I'm looking I'm looking to see if the if the coaching staff believes in him enough to try him out at point guard, honestly. Um, if he's improved as a ball handler and as a passer, uh, I envision him kind of in the role of like a, a Patrick Beverly as a point guard where, mm. you know, he's not making all the decisions and he's not like running the entirety of the offense. Um, but uh, you can put you can trust him to bring the ball up the court and you can trust him to defend his position. And so uh, if you if you envision him kind of as a as a version of, of, of Patrick Beverly, uh, of worst version of Patrick Beverly you can run like bench lineups with with Luke and him or um, you can run bench lineups where he and Brown like share the ball handling duties and uh, maybe that makes uh, that division of labor makes uh, it easier for both of them or something like that Um, and you know the other thing with Kyrie is if he can play a little backup point guard or play a little third string point guard that'll help his chances on the roster, right? There, there are four shooting guards on the roster right now, and he's, you know, fourth in the fourth in the rotation. Um, his path to minutes is blocked unless, you know, he can, he can uh, cast himself as a, as a tertiary point guard that would help his, uh, his status. Yeah. And I think one of the things I always like about point guards who can also spot up shoot. So if you bring the ball up the court, you're the focus of the defense for that first six, six to eight seconds, but then if, if your role is to get the ball up and then initiate the offense and it goes to someone else like a canard or whomever, I think one of the things you can do is sort of float and find spots on the court where you can get open looks as a result of that offense. You know, unlike a guy like Reggie Jackson who might have the ball in his hands for 50% of the shot clock, a guy like Kyrie in that role, um, not necessarily a shooter off the dribble, but definitely a spot-up guy, um, might be able to find his way um, in terms of getting lost in the shuffle and putting himself in the right spot to get open uh, and knock down a couple threes a game, which I think would be a huge, huge boost to the bench. Um, yeah. W- without a, yeah, without a, like a Blake Griffin on the bench lineup, without a, like a dedicated offensive uh, talent on the bench lineup. Yeah. It would be, it'd be helpful to have, uh, to be able to run like a more thorough, non just like only pick and roll offense yeah. uh, with bench lineups. And he could definitely be a part of that if he can handle the ball a little. Yep. So Svi, I mean, guys who are going to make an impact at the NBA level need to absolutely make a solid impact in summer league. I think we saw a little bit of that from him last season. I think we're both kind of looking for that to continue this summer. Do you agree? Yeah, definitely. Svi was, I was watching his highlights from summer league uh, earlier today. And he was he was really good yeah. in summer league last yeah. year, and you know obviously I think he took he took advantage of some of the uh, lackadaisical defense that uh, especially some of the younger guys play in Vegas. Um, some of the inattentive defense he was uh, like killing guys on like back cuts and stuff. Um, but he was like, but when he was uh, getting those back cuts, he was like dunking and finishing, not just like laying it up. And so you could see the uh, the uh, unexpected athleticism that that Svi has as well. And so what, what I'll be looking for him is um, his ability to attack the defense um, in the half court. 
if he can like come off a DHO and, you know, take two dribbles and finish or take two dribbles and get, get to a spot and like get a floater or something. I feel like that'll, that'll be really good. And the other thing I'll be looking for is uh, if he defends at all, because that was really a weakness of his last season. And that was one of the reasons why, you know, he was in Grand Rapids and not, you know, in Detroit when the team could have used a guy uh, with his shooting ability and ability and, uh, and athletic ability. But uh, if you couldn't, you know, count on him to defend his position, there was no way he's going to get playing time under Casey. Yeah, and I think, you know, looking at the construction of the roster right now, you have to think that the coaching staff wants Svi to be ready for when his time comes. Because there's there's going to be an opportunity, I would think, at some point this season for him to get an extended look and for him to get a chance to prove himself. So, um, yeah, I think all those things you talked about, especially on the defensive end, it's important to me. Um, I, I think his offensive skills are pretty evident. He's definitely got talent, and I, I think he's good enough to be part of an NBA offense, especially on the second unit. But um, defensively, he's got to be able to hold his own, as you mentioned. So I think good things to be looking for. And then we've got, uh, you know, the obvious rookies that we've talked about. Seku, what are we hoping for out of him this summer? So I'm I'm really curious to see how they use Seku, right? Because the summer league is a time for experimentation. It is a time for growth. So even though uh, the type of player he is not right now is the guy who you like, you put the ball in his hands and say like, go get him a bucket. I'm wondering if they see what he's got in the bucket getting department because it's summer league and you can experiment and uh, whatever. But um, you know, I think he's, he's, I think he's used to being a role player. Uh, He was a role player in France. Um, I wonder if they're, they're looking to see, you know, how much he can, he can do offensively so they can, uh, rein him in I, m- I remember casey casey uh, last year had the quote about like he he didn't want to say uh he didn't want to say like yeehaw to make the horse go he wants to say nay to like make the horse <laughs> stop yeah. and so like yeah i think they're going to give seku uh, a bunch of freedom and, and see what he can do and uh, bring him back from there um you know i think the other thing is uh to see how they get up and down in transition he's a because of his athleticism uh because of his uh ability on defense to to cause steals and and cause a uh, defensive disruption um i'll be really really looking forward to seeing how he uh, how he finishes in transition i think that'll be that'll be really cool what uh, what are you looking for in Seiko ben yeah so i think from the highlight reels especially his athleticism just sort of jumps off the tape at you um the highlight reels and when i say highlight reels i mean some of the training videos that we've seen online where he's just sort of in the gym alone working with coaches I mean, his athleticism is just crazy. Um, I, I think I'm really anxious to see how that really stacks up in a real game at game speed, you know, to the extent that Summer League is game speed. Uh, and against guys who are potentially just as athletic, athletic as he is. So I'm interested to see how physically and athletically he's able to assert himself. Um, I personally think that might be a good indicator of how ready he is, because if he's getting pushed around and the Pistons are ex- expecting him to play at least some small ball four, as you mentioned, um, that role that Stanley Johnson played periodically through last year, he's got to be able to hand his own, handle his own physically. So that's the thing I'm going to be looking at primarily. Um, I don't think they have huge expectations for him offensively, but I think you're right. The summer's the time to let it, let it all hang out. There's, there's literally nothing to lose. So you got to let a guy like Seku just, you know, see what he's got, let it, let him see what he can do. I think it'll be interesting to see too, um, the extent to which he can initiate the break in transition. So not necessarily lead the entire thing, but as you mentioned, if, if his length and athleticism 
uh, allows them to get into passing lanes or force turnovers or maybe even potentially get some long rebounds. I'm interested to see if he's got two, three to four dribbles to sort of initiate the fast break before he becomes the finisher. So I think that will be interesting to see. I think that's a, you look at a guy like Giannis who maybe is a little bit similar physically. Of course, Giannis is a much more complete player, one of the best in the NBA right now. But one of the things that's so incredible about Giannis is how much ground he can cover in just one to two dribbles. And I'm wondering if um, Seku has a little bit of that in him. Um, it's something I thought maybe he did when I'm just looking at those you know, one-on-one workouts in the gym. Uh, I'm curious to see if he's got that at game speed. Yeah, you can see a little bit of that in his tape uh, in France where he'll, he'll grab and go. But um, he's definitely he's definitely because he's so long, you can definitely see him like stride it out from like 18 feet all the way to the rim in transition, Mm -hmm. which is which is really crazy. Um, But at the same time, uh, what I know that the team teams were concerned about and um, what I think he'll need to work on to succeed at the NBA level is like his attentiveness. Uh, There were times when like he just was caught sleeping on the offensive glass and, and guys got around him or boxed him out and when he should have, you know, fought for position more or um, there are times when like he, he likes to tip rebounds out to his guards, but like there are times when you need to secure the rebound and just like, and go from there. And I think he needs to be a little bit better about that. But yeah, like I, there's, there's no reason not to see what he can do on, on the initiation front. I, I'm, I'm reminded of what the Pistons did with Henry Ellenson uh, last summer league where they're just like, Hey, like it's your third year. Like we won't, we absolutely just need to see like what you've got. And so like, you know, he was getting, you know, 15, 20 shots a game um, that sometimes that worked and sometimes it didn't for Henry, <laughs> but uh, you know, you, ha- you have to see, and you know, it doesn't count at all. So see what you got. Yeah, nothing ventured, nothing gained, I think, for sure. Um, Bone and Servetus, uh, we talked about their individual games a little bit already. In particular, what are you going to be focused on from these two guys for Summer League? So, yeah, for Bone, I'll just be interested. I I don't know if, uh, if like, Bruce Brown starts at point guard or whatever. Like, that's one thing. Maybe, he, maybe Bone will start at point guard. That'll be a different thing. But more often than not, what I'm looking for is, like, does he do point guardy stuff? when he's on the floor does he look to set up his teammates or does he just look to to score um summer league as a whole is just is littered with uh point guards who uh think their path to the nba is just dropping 30 every night and so if he if he tries to do that i will i will come away unless he does it if he doesn't if he actually <laughs> drops 30 every night like okay there's nothing i can say about that but if if that's his mindset uh, coming out i, I can say I'll, I'll be a little disappointed that's why everybody selects themselves as a point guard in NBA 2K, my career mode. <laughs> you're guaranteed to get the ball. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Servetus, um, I, I, I got no expectations, man. I'll just, I'm just looking to see if he – I'll be looking to see how he looks physically. Um, on the tape in Lithuania, he's really skinny. I'll be looking to see if he's bulked up at all or if there's a little bit more physical definition um, or if he's any taller or anything like that. Um, I'll be looking to see if he makes shots. Um, like I said earlier, um, that was one thing I noticed in his film, uh, in Lithuania, he likes to push shots up, but like they, I don't know if they're always going to go in. And so, uh, we'll see about that. And then, um, you know, if he does anything else, you know, can he, is he a good, is he a better rebounder than I expect? Is he a better distributor than I expect? Can, does he like keep the offense flowing? Uh, is he, 
is does he how is his basketball IQ? I'll just be keeping an eye on those things just because like, you know, I don't don't I don't have a lot of uh I don't have a lot of knowledge about that. And so we'll we'll see where it leads. Yeah, I'm always jealous of you guys who get to watch Summer League. I have, you know, everyone who's 30 and up who's listening, you know, shout outs to my old man brothers who got to work for their kids, man. I wish I had the time to watch Summer League, but I love hearing from the people who do watch it because we've got obviously Laz on the podcast, a bunch of other great writers on staff, and then in the community as well, a bunch of people who, who are able to watch and, and, and really know basketball. So I'm looking to looking forward to be on the learning side of that conversation over the course of the summer. And Les, we've got one more guy to talk about. Um, Matt McQuay, tell us why we need to talk about him and then tell us what you're going to be looking for this summer. Well, A, we, we need to talk about him because he's a Spartan and I got to get, I got to go on for my guys, <laughs> but no, he'll be on the summer league team and uh, I'll be intrigued. Um, I always thought of him as like a very, very fringe uh, NBA, NBA rotation player. But uh, if he, does the things he did in college at a higher level if he continues to be like a great uh, on-ball defender and continues to uh, make open looks and uh, use uh, leverage his athleticism in the half court um, you know maybe he finds his way onto the Grand Rapids drive or maybe he finds his way you know onto the the back half of the rotation for a team that is rebuilding you know like there there's opportunities for a guy uh, with his uh, athleticism and uh, shooting ability to make it in the NBA. So I'll, I'll just be curious about that. Yeah. There's always room for guys who are, you know, the, maybe the third spot on the rotation for whatever position they're playing, but who can make shots and defend, right? If, if yeah. you can do those two things consistently, there's, there's always a way to find a spot somewhere. So yeah. Absolutely. Summer, summer league is an audition for all 30 NBA teams, not just yep. the one you're playing for. Yep. That's a hundred percent correct. Absolutely. So, uh, Laz, thank you for all of that amazing knowledge <laughs> that you shared about these picks. You know, summer league and summer in general is the time to be optimistic and excited. So, uh, you know, I, I think that's just the way to approach it. None of these games mean anything. The record doesn't mean anything. But there's lots of opportunities to get insights into players who none of us have ever seen before. And interestingly, this summer, we've got a couple guys like that from, from overseas where we've, we haven't seen a whole lot of them. So lots of things to look forward to. Next week, free agency, right? June 30, a week from today, free agency begins. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sort of scarred by our free agency pickups, the midnight pickups of Cartier Martin and uh, Aaron Gray, right? Like the, the weird things of the SVG era. Um, maybe we'll do something better than that. I don't know. What do you think, Les? Oh, man, Cartier Martin, you're sending me back. Uh, yeah, the Stefanski has said that they are going to be patient in free agency and so i i don't expect that you know uh we'll record at like seven o'clock on on sunday and free agency will officially open at nine o'clock on sunday and i don't expect that anything will happen for detroit in between like that those two hours or anything crazy like that um but it'll be interesting to see what they accomplish before uh july before like the next week before like july 6th i know july 5th is the first day of summer league and so it'd be interesting to see it's always interesting to see like what what teams do uh before they get a chance to look at their own rookies and uh i think uh i think that it'll also be interesting to see uh what other teams do in free agency um just ahead of the uh ahead of uh summer league um so yeah ben i mean this has been a uh, a great episode i think 
uh, we've we've kind of flipped roles a little bit. You you've asked all the questions, so uh, yeah, take us out, man. All right. So yeah, free agency. I, this is this is where I'm really excited. Right? I'm, I'm I don't have the time to get dedicate to the free uh, to the draft picks uh, the way some of you youngins do, but man, free agency has me excited this year. I don't think we're going to get woes bombed like we did on Thursday in the middle of the podcast. Given what Stefanski has said, you're right. Uh, but I'm looking forward to talking about. Um, Free agency prospects, I'm looking forward to talk about, in particular, I think point guards. We really have a need there. Um, so, yeah, a, a week from now should be a lot of fun. Hit us up on Twitter. Laz, you know where you know where Laz is at, L-A-Z-C-H-A-N-C-E. I've got that committed to memory. You can hit me up at BR Golker. Leave comments in the post for this podcast if you've got free agents you want us to talk about. Um, I think I'm going to be focused primarily on point guards. But if there's other sleepers at other positions you want us to take a look at, let us know. Uh, And until then, a week from now, uh, this has been the Detroit Bad Boys podcast. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week.